0: (laughs) We're so good at that Claps So uh, Well that was fun That literally took uh, 40 minutes
1: Yeah we're good at our jobs
0: Oh it's so kind of you to like Include yourself in what just happened But I I was uh, just sitting here Wondering why Shannon couldn't (laughs) Hear me
1: I can't this is the best
0: um and I couldn't figure it out. And I we like were texting, side texting, because we couldn't hear each other while we were on Zoom. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I honestly,
1: like... during this whole thing, I'm just like, show me show me what's happening. Like, did you check your properties? Did walking through yeah. all of the Checking audio all of our settings? <laughs> tell tell the listeners what the issue was.
0: And then I FaceTime audioed her so that we could hear each other. And she's like, yeah, you have to click this. And like, did you change your settings? It should your output or input or whatever. I don't even remember the right word by now. Should be set to your microphone. (laughs) And then I was like, "Mm, oh, I figured it out. I know what I did wrong. (laughs) And then I hung up the FaceTime audio so that I could retrieve my microphone.
1: Because it wasn't plugged in
0: from the drawer behind my computer because it wasn't plugged in. Welcome to the show. We're so smart. We're here to talk about books.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are. This isn't even the cold open. Like this isn't the opener that I was even thinking we would do. But oh, this is the it's one just that, I, that we always the have that people get. <laughs> we have so much content all the time for the people. We really do. We're like Beavis and Butthead or
0: Dumb and Dumber. <laughs>
1: So what I was going to what I was going to bring up for the people, you're going to love editing this for social media because I can't stop moving my camera around um, was, uh, pardon me. Um, I was wondering if you did anything. Have you done anything cool this month? <laughs> mm,
0: what did I do that was cool? Took some walks to the river. Cleaned out my rain gutters. I didn't do that. That's a lie. I fucking got married, y'all. Yes. Hey. Hey. Well, this might feel like deja vu to you because I already did that. <laughs> um, but we did it again. And this time there was like 200 people there. I keep saying 200 and everybody's there was like, not. babe. There was so many more than 200 people there. Which uh, feels crazy to me. I don't remember. I drank. You know what I did this month? You know what I did this month? I drank 15 espresso martinis and like three bottles of champagne and that she lost so my drunk. entire mind. Yes. So drunk. My my best friends of almost two decades both were like, we have never seen you like that. I was gone. I was gone. I was on another planet.
1: I that left my body.
0: There's I'm video just, I'm glad you of waited.
1: it. I'm glad you waited until after the ceremony to start that, though.
0: Same. You know what? We should. Uh, hey, join our Patreon, and uh, we'll s- <laughs> we'll send you this video. We'll send you a couple of videos. <laughs> it's it's like an OnlyFans, except
1: it's only drunks. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of tits in it. Your the theme there's- of your wedding was titties.
0: Kind of. Mine were not really. Sh- I felt like my address was very. Um, I don't even matronly. That's not the right word. It was it definitely, really covered up. I, I mean, my Vegas dress was not that. The theme of that wedding was for sure titties.
1: Your dress, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit higher. This this dress, your I boobies
0: were boobing.
1: I know. I didn't realize. Do you know the first time I tried the dress on was the morning when I like when I was getting ready? Hell
0: yeah! I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. You looked like hot fire in that dress. I'm glad that worked out.
1: Same. I had a backup in case that one didn't work. Yeah. same. Because I also had a
0: backup wedding dress.
1: I'm like, I feel very lucky to have been granted the one um, golden ticket in my eye, which is that I got to wear black. I
0: did. You're welcome.
1: Thank you. So, yeah, easy for me to find something. But yeah, there my boobs were boobin'. I kept thinking that they were going to fall out as I was like, Do you love each other? There's Shannon Tick. Vegas. <laughs> yeah.
0: But they didn't. They just kept on boobing. They just kept boobing. Yep.
1: Well, should we talk about books?
0: Should we talk about books? <laughs> Brown Girl Book Party. Yeah. We should, dude. Listen, I know we're late and worth the wait. Always, just like this book that oh. we read this month. But before we get there, hey y'all, I'm Rosa.
1: Oh, I'm Shannon.
0: We are the Brown Girls at the book party, and um, you know we do this monthly this monthly thing where we pick a book. And we tell you about it at the beginning of the month and then we talk about it at the end of the month. And boy howdy did this book not right, our whole socks off.
1: And boy howdy, I let just, me tell you what.
0: Boy howdy. Let me say something about this book though. The redemption of this March book mm. after the tragedy of choice in February was just everything we needed
1: yeah Um, I'm here's okay yes also I'm really sad that I didn't have the experience of like just being able to sit and read this book in like four sittings yeah because it is such a perfect book for that like just such a page turner and every time I put the book down like it was because I was had some you know had responsibilities or life happened or whatever But I just couldn't right. stop thinking about what was Next You know I
0: planned A wedding as we said of over 200 people hosted So many people in this great city Of Sacramento um, so much Family from all over the place um, All over the country came In and I'm Not lying when I'm telling you That on the Busiest days of setup up for the Wedding I was reading gulping at the pages of this book i could not stop reading this book i mean nonstop. like also you want to know what the book is friends because we haven't said that we're so good at burying the lead fuck we are
1: didn't oh they can't i have some see notes that. on mine hold on <laughs> you go it's I called have some questions for I have you questions for, it's called <laughs> i have some questions for you by rebecca Mackay and i hate the colors of the cover yeah she
0: feels like it looks like a melted 4th of July popsicle. And it
1: does. No, that and is, it does. It does look like that. And that's not that bad for me. I just am not here for the patriotism that is right. These colors that, together.
0: That is also the the 4th of July popsicles are also pretty patriotic. That's like the true. Whole point. They're I like do. they're like American flag dicks. <laughs> like, oh, Damn. they're supposed to be. Are they supposed to be firecrackers? Fire? Mm.
1: Makes sense. Of course we turn that into a dick. That's right. Welcome to the show, people.
0: <laughs> um so I mean, I don't even know where to start with this book. It uh we will there there are not enough hours.
1: No, there's not. We're really, going to yeah, we're, we're gonna have yeah, discuss and shut ourselves de- up.
0: Yeah, in the detail that this book deserves cuz it well, deserves so much.
1: I mean, I think um, we can I think we can start by saying that it is like this is like a murder mystery thriller, but based in like a true crime universe that really does like address and even unpack a lot of heavy topics, actually, yes. which is not something I I think that I necessarily anticipated. I didn't think that we were going to be getting into a, a conversation about classism and racism and sexism and sexual assault and uh, call out culture and um grief and you know and the legal system and just there is so much in yeah. in this book that is done so well um and it is worth like every you know the so the main plot is uh a young woman is murdered um yes. And her former roommate is now an adult and she comes back to the school where it happened. And um, she's teaching this class and kids are uh, making a podcast around like various different topics. One of the topics is this is this murder. Um, But then. Melted into that storyline are all of these other storylines that. I don't, I it, I think it really takes like this sort of high caliber writer slash wordsmith who is able to handle all of those subplots and keep yeah. the reader completely on the hook the entire time.
0: Absolutely. And not
1: overwhelmed it, by them either. At all.
0: At all. I. That was one of, you really said it exactly right. That was one of the most fascinating parts of this book to me was like, I never I, I never got overwhelmed or bored of how much detail. And the detail is incredible. It's constant. I mean, you can tell that Rebecca McKay, I'm just guessing, but she must be a true crime fan because oh, her yeah. level and attention to detail, the way that she is able to bring to life the very real world of internet sleuths that has right. been born of, basically of Serial, the Serial podcast. I mean, I... Which I'm a huge fan of. I'm sure you are too, Shannon. And I'm sure we've we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But to me, I was recalled so much to the experience of listening to Serial for the first time. Um, it was unlike anything I'd ever, any other media I'd ever consumed before. I became absolutely obsessed with it to the point where I really like. My husband at the time was like, "Okay." We're not listening to these sub-podcasts of Serial anymore. You are no <laughs> longer researching this case. Your whole entire brain has completely overtaken it. And I was also like super PTSD. I had just had a baby. I didn't really know. Like I had a hard time identifying that. I, I'm sorry, not PTSD. I had postpartum. But I had postpartum anxiety and not postpartum depression. And I didn't know what that looked like. I was looking for all the signs of postpartum depression, Part of postpartum anxiety is uh, obsession, like obsessive thoughts. Right. And I think that something so – I mean, that's why it felt so real to me because our main character, Bodie Kane, is quite possibly the most obsessed character I've ever read in my life. I mean – a quintessential part of her yeah. is her obsession. Not only just with this case, not only just with this thing that's happening to her, but also with like in this man in does. her life. Yeah. And like, you know, she, she is an obsessed person by nature. And also she's going through something really hard in her life in the same way that I was. So that was just very real and relatable to me to cling on to something. And, and I think, as you said, in one of your notes, um, in preparing for this episode, um, <clears throat> to center ourselves in these very real crimes and mysterious murders that happen to real people, right? That's what, like, this whole... The true crime internet sleuths are doing. Mm-hmm. Mate, like, putting ourselves in the center of it, Bodie Kane, the main character, is absolutely doing that because it it is so much easier for us to do that than to deal with our failing marriage or our right. sick parents or our shitty kids or whatever. Um, and you know, it's very meta because I also became obsessed with this book. I became obsessed with the case in this book, the way that she's able to offer all of these important details. Um, it was just, yeah, it was very prolific. There was so much to get into. I mean, yeah. you could write fanfic about it. I feel like you could write fanfic on all of the, the stats and like all of the facts and all of the things that she compiled to create this story to make it rich and real.
1: I mean I think one of the things that as I closed the book which I did like an hour ago um <laughs> as I closed the book one of the things that I kept thinking was I there are there's so much that I still want to know about these characters that was was not like rolled out which I think is actually a really cool way to tell a story right to like and I think I've said that before on the show, like I, I want the the writer to like activate this part of my imagination that that has these characters keep on living. um, But I think like as a critique on true crime culture, her ability to offer such rich character development and such nuanced character development, which then ends with the reader feeling like Okay, these are these are still people with actual lives and there's more to know about them. I think that there's something like right. really big and powerful about that. Um because this is a thing that happens, right? In like the in true crime culture as it is, right? You you like start to feel like these these people, the victims, the victims' families, whatever, like all the people who are peripherally attached, like these are all you start to develop relationship with them. And I found myself sort yes. of like doing that in in this in this book, and one of one of the things that I think made that possible was her Mackay's really intense attention to detail, which she then like she gave that trait to Bodhi. Yes, um, as someone who is just like always on, always listening, yes. always you know everything yes. is something.
0: Well, and she she talks about that. Um, I think I am pulling up my notes. Um, one of the, you know, sort of going back to this obsession and um, this like her need for research as the character Bodhi. Um, she talks about how it really is like part of who she is, is her um, need to collect information. Is what Oh, my says, gosh. Right? I love
1: that. That quote. Yeah.
0: Yes. I think I wrote it down, didn't I?
1: She says, like, it's just a part of who I am. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you did. I I do remember that quote, though. Uh, I'm going to look for it.
0: Sorry, this is dead air.
1: No, I don't think. I feel like it's important. I don't think you did write it down. But I know what you're talking about, and it's in the very, it's sort of like. It's in the very beginning of the book when she when we're still sort of getting to know Bodhi and we I Oh, here it
0: is. I did. I did write oh, you it did. down. So, I wrote it down under the umbrella of the magic payphone because I felt Oh my
1: gosh, that payphone, yeah.
0: Yes, and and as a narrative device, like sh- I feel that um it was really uh is surprising that she didn't use it um as a really easy way to gain Information about the case that could have been useful later. She chose not to do that, right? Which is so
1: smart, but also, what? <laughs> yes,
0: but also, I think, speaks to Makai as an author. She's like, right. I'm not, she is so into it feeling real that even this, like, low-key magic realism thing that totally has, like, an actual explanation, but the feeling of that magic, she was like, I'm going to present it, and it's going to help us create this story of mystery. And it's also going to do a thing where we're going to feel disappointed because it just wasn't this easy thing. Like, Oh, and then I heard Mr. Block tell Talia that he was going to fucking kill her. If like, she went away with Robbie for the weekend or whatever. Um, But that she does use it to develop the character of Bodhi. And so she says, research has always been my happy place. It might be related to my sometimes collecting of facts about my peers, an attempt to feel safer by mapping out the world. If I can chart everything around me as far as I can see, then I must be in the middle of it all, real and in one
1: piece. You are here. That's so good. I, I think, like, the way that she. her, The writing is so good and it so slaps. Good. Like, it's. Yes. Every, it is. There are so many times where, like, you read a and where you read a quote and it's just like holy shit that is so fucking good and that's that's one of them this like ability to like to put us right there with that person and um to just to feel that like i don't know reading that really for me as i mean also as somebody who enjoys Detail and research, and oh, yeah, all of that again.
0: I think I've said this, I know I said it about uh, Mama Letty. Um, (laughs) but there were definitely parts of Bodhi that reminded me of you, and there were parts of Bodhi that reminded me me of me. I mean, Mm. and I, I write about that a little bit. Like, again, I can relate to obsession, I can absolutely relate also to your marriage falling apart, like, her marriage is not even I, falling apart is such a dramatic term for it. It's very much already over and she's kind of yeah. just posting and existing within this like space. Um, but <clears throat> the character of Bodhi is so interesting. The way that Mackay McK- wrote her to have been a young, miserable person, right? She was, oh my she gosh. was miserable. Oh, at, totally. At yeah. Gramby for sure. To go away and like there's you know, a quote that I highlighted that I didn't write down, but um, when she comes back, right? So she goes away, um, she becomes successful, she marries a successful artist. They literally are dream they're living the dream of creatives, which is that right. they make money from these things that they love. art. She makes a podcast, a true crime podcast, and he is an artist. And she comes back to Gramby and one of these teachers that she used to have that she is now like teaching among- teaching next to, says, I, you know, we were always so worried about you. It's so nice to see that you've become successful.
1: Yeah, I remember that moment. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and on paper, it's like Bodhi is self-actualized. On paper, Bodhi has done all of the things that she never thought she'd be able to do. Um, But in reality, she is once again at Granby, and she's once again miserable. And we are watching this happen, right? She's so lonely. The, The way that Bodhi is lonely and the way that we see that in her interactions, like, yes, she has this really strong good friendship with Fran but so much of her time is spent obsessing about Mr. Block and her not boyfriend boyfriend whose name i
1: can't remember oh that Yahav 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 Yah
0: Yahav maybe Yahiv I don't Yehav.
1: know but yeah
0: and how interchangeable those are like both yeah Yehav and Mr. Block it's like she is just propelling in this space of obsession. And you can tell that Bodhi is highly intelligent. She is highly detail oriented. She is very much needs um something to just be constantly thinking about um which turns into this obsession. And at this moment in her life that we're watching her, it's really like this case, it's Talia Keith, it's Mr. Block, and it's Yahiv. And like um man, it 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 felt so real. I just can relate. I can deeply yeah. relate to that kind of obsession.
1: And I think it I think it also it just like plays into that the the story that we know about Bodhi which is that she she is a um tormented <laughs> struggling can't find herself like I mean we find out in the beginning like she that her childhood was absolutely intense like when when she talks about like her brother killing her dad with a fucking uh barbecue fork or whatever the fuck like oh i know so that whole thing she says
0: a spatula but it's not actually a spatula and she even like i mean yeah like she's developed this like very callous sense of humor she's fucking hilarious but she's so dark yeah this is like often
1: this is like trauma, baby, right? Like this yes. is just what I mean. We've had these conversations where it's like, if you survive trauma, if you have a story where you know trauma is a thing for you, like right. you, that's what makes you. We've had that conversation about like trauma making you funny, right? And just yeah. like wanting to walk around totally. the world like where We just need to to wear the like um, trigger warning. Yeah, we are traumatized people thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is Bodhi. You're
0: welcome. Our jokes are so good because of it.
1: <laughs> because we are scarred.
0: It is totally her. Yeah. And um, I I would love to talk more about what you think about. Do you feel she was called back to Granby um, because of an underlying subconscious need to be at this place with this case that has absolutely just like defined and haunted her.
1: I think that boat, Bodhi coming back to, to Gramby has a lot to do with, with her. I think being someone who is still, who's not like reached a full level of confidence. Right. Like I think that she is somebody who in so many ways is still Bodhi from when she was a student at Granby. Yeah. And um she has f- like there is this thing that has sort of like like loomed over her, right? Which is the death of her former roommate and the yeah. opportunity arises for her to come back as a, like a more fully formed person. Um but she still has this thing about her that she like she Like she centers herself, but is also very aware that the centering of herself is a problem and is also Mm -hmm. like so embarrassed
0: by it and ashamed of it. Right. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. It's like I think that I think that going back to Granby is sort of the like period on her life so that she can move on to the next Mm -hmm. thing so that she needed closure. She has to have closure in order to find love, in order to find like success, in order to like be defined as a person outside of other people's. Um, gaze right like she, because totally. I think that she is someone who was sort of always searching for for meaning through the eyes of other people yes um
0: yeah and, and that that was deeply important to her yeah
1: super important yeah and that and I think this like really this this whole this very traumatic experience obviously because even though like she and Talia weren't super close friends. Like there is there is there is vicarious trauma in the murder of a student at oh, the school that you yeah. go to, right? Like
0: well, and also your roommate. Like right. I think I think that the relationship that Makai built between Talia and Bodhi was so um I just love it. I just I love that it was that person. I love that Talia was popular and beautiful yes. and she wasn't the popular girl she wasn't um she you know she she specifically describes like she's not the queen bee but she's the one that's almost like more popular than the queen bee because she doesn't give a fuck she's just herself and she's not unkind she won't stick up for you but she's not going to say some shitty things about you right she is like very i know that girl like every description of her was just so on point for her to be roommates with bodie who is dark and just sad and lonely Without family, I mean, could you, could you create a more lonely character, a character more just uh, ready, I mean, or like meant for loneliness, you know, like that is the thing about Bodhi is that she is so alone yeah, and she's lived so much of her life completely alone of just, you know, around all this trauma. So I think it really did create the ability, the ability for our narrator, Bodhi, to have this obsession with Talia too because of her obsessive nature and because while she would never admit it in high school the longing to want to be that to want to have yeah. the access and the money and this simple easy beauty and um you know effortlessly that that Talia Keith had and and then to have to mourn this horrible loss Without even being able to do it with other people that also cared about Talia, because she wasn't her friend, right. and all of Talia's friends didn't give a fuck about Bodhi. They were terrible to her,
1: and they just and, creating
0: more loneliness.
1: Yeah, and I think this book that like carry this story that just like carries us through that like really intense story of loneliness all the way up until the very end, right? Like we yes. we do eventually get to see that Bodhi is able to move on. Right? Like she's able to to find a new thing. (laughs) We don't know if it's a new thing to obsess over or if it is her actually like moving into a a space of I don't know, like further care further person development or whatever. What was that? You mean at the end of the book? At the very, very end, yeah. I mean when she just like I mean, that, the, the trajectory of the story that that takes us yeah. from like being a person of like deep, deep longing, a person who is yes. like very, very lonely, who is just like trying to like figure her shit out. But then at the very end, oh. we do sort of get to see that send off with.
0: I think. Yeah, I think Greg that Makai does something else really cool that she does, which I feel like with another author would really fucking annoy the shit out of me, man. She almost, she leaves very little open to interpretation. Yeah. Makai is not like throwing an idea out there and then being like, you figure it out. She's literally like, I realize now when I look back that I probably had a crush on Jeff and Jeff probably had a crush on me, Jeff. but I was longing for um, the man that was out of reach. I was longing for yeah. the hottest boy at school who was nice to me one time and otherwise didn't care about me because I was making myself inaccessible to anybody that could have been a real thing. And the gift that she gives us at the end is Jeff. Right. It is her reunification with Jeff and that being like very real and tangible. And I do think that the closure that she gets from helping to solve Talia's murder is the the gift of that is I can move on from Yahiv and I don't need to be obsessed and I don't need somebody inaccessible mm-hmm. and I don't need this like sham, weird situation of a marriage. I get to be with somebody that I love and that I really like, you know, and that was uh, really nice to read.
1: Yeah, I was I was grateful for that sort of closure for Bodhi because I was like, is she just destined to be? like a sad yes. fuck <laughs> who's like very lonely and also I think for the the true crimers out there, as I was reading this I thought a lot about uh someone called Michelle McNamara who wrote um uh she's married to was married to Pat Oswald um. Will be gone in the what the fuck is that book? I'm an idiot for not remembering it. But w- whatever, she wrote a book about the Golden State Killer. Oh yeah. Um, and she so I kept thinking about Michelle McNamara, who was also like incredibly like obsessed with this, uh, murderer, serial killer. And Michelle McNamara actually died, um, before the Golden State Killer what? was um, she. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, she was. Was she murdered? She was not murdered. It was uh pills. Oh oh so she was like a very obsessed person and she was like staying up super late and like going on these like like she was traveling on her own like while pat and her spouse who's a a pretty well-known comedian i mean he's a famous comedian um was at home and he was like also concerned about her like you know this thing that's just like eating you know it's like eating her alive it's taking all of like everything Mm. from her um i could not help but sort of like create some parallels between Bodie and McNamara so for for me I was really glad to see that Bodhi did not sort of mm. like succumb to the yeah like really because I think a lot of I think a lot of like true crime obsessed people really do sort of succumb to this to the obsession and they like lose yeah. their systems of support uh, because right. they're so deeply obsessed but we yes. do get to find space for Bodhi to like celebrate her life and yeah you know
0: which is so what a nice gift truly yeah I I think I mean that's the thing you know you and I have spoken so much about true crime and my unhealthy relationship with it um but I do think it speaks to and this is true of me in general like addiction is always kind of just at the outer rim of everything that I do but I'm hyper aware of it you know I come from alcoholics Um, and so there's many things in my life where I've been like, oh, I'm participating this in an, an, participating in this in an unhealthy way. And I've been able, and I feel very lucky for that to withdraw. So that is really the thing with true crime in me is that like, I have to be so careful. I have to be so careful because I could be one of those obsessed people I mean, I can't explain to you the way that I felt about Serial. Like, when I was listening to it and consuming it, it was a totally new – it was also a, a new vice for me. I'd never really gotten into true crime before Serial, and so oh, wow. okay. it was it was uh, almost, like, devastatingly – I was just getting devastatingly high on Serial all the time. You yeah, know? i heard. Um heard. So, yeah, I mean, this was a really nice – for me, because – it was so well-rounded. It was so, it was the whole aspect. It's not just this one murder story. In fact, it it so oh little gosh. of it really is about the murder story, although that is so present and so so remarkably well done. Ugh. But it's about the culture of the thing around it. It's about Wait. all of the people, which you said earlier. It's about all of the characters affected. It's about every single one. I mean, the way that she writes Omar the man who is in jail, wrongfully accused and rotting his life in jail like so many black and brown men who are blamed for murders um, done by cis, straight, wealthy white men. Um, She is not letting the reader forget ever where Omar is. She is not letting us not know what his suffering is. His
1: suffering is its own character in this book. I think... One of the things that I where this is really just like a um, a love story to Rebecca Mackay this whole episode. Another thing (laughs) that I really love about this story and the way that she has framed it is that she uses these two um, these two lives, one that has been ended right so like like Mm -hmm. stolen from its potential and another which has also been stolen from its potential because because this is a a black man who is being forced to live in fucking captivity Mm -hmm. um who she on page part two chapter four on page 303 she describes how omar has to live and she says Mm -hmm. that thing about like he has had to request he's had to ask for every square of toilet paper that Mm -hmm he has you know he's he's had to ask for every meal for everything like the way that she will not allow us to forget that this at at the end of it all this really is a book about systemic oppression and and broken systems um it's it's just so fucking well done like i can't i cannot get enough of it that and the I think the other thing that I mean, there's a number of things, but the other thing is this the, the I don't know, the squillient character in this book, which is um, that what is it like it's it's always the husband or the partner mm-hmm. and the like absolute just like the hammer that is dropped on men. Yes, is. That's it's like beautiful. it's a whole. <laughs> that's a whole other thing that I. It's
0: absolutely beautiful. It's poetic.
1: Yeah i I could not get enough of it. And she actually, at one point, um, like towards the end of the in chapter fifty nine, when she talks about, um. She says, and then when Talia died, the way her body had been mangled, the way she'd been tossed in the water, the way every girl was just a body to be used to be discarded the way that if you had a body they could grab you and if you had a body they could destroy you just punch me in the gut
0: yeah okay I I really want to talk about uh call out culture and how it's handled in in this book because I think it's an important topic but I also love where you're going I'm I'm naming the call out culture thing because I don't want to forget about it um as a little chaser to what you just said, or maybe just a, an additional shot of whatever alcohol that was. The, I mean, the way that you are immediately captured, okay? Immediately. Like, there is no like waiting in the water. You're not like trying to figure out if you wanna stay. This book is like, get the fuck in here and you're fucking just, you know, it's Bro, sad when it's from over. page you one, you just wanna keep going. Page from one.
1: From page one,
0: you're in. And I know I read some of this um, on social media on Instagram, but I feel that it really.
1: Oh, um, we talking about the intro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. It is
0: the best intro I've ever read, and and just like talking more about look the, a huge theme of this book. It's it's not even about Robbie. It's not even really about Mister Block. It is about the insidious nature of men. It is about how. Everybody participated in Talia's death. And that is something that we have to every single man in her life that let her down and let her specifically Robbie and certainly Mr. Block. um, But she does it in just this way that is so um, easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's devastating Mm -hmm. because it's true. But it starts very, very early on um, with this quote. What could be more romantic? What's as perfect as a girl stopped dead mid formation girl as blank slate girl as reflection of your desires unmarred by her own girl as sacrifice to the idea of girl girl as a series of childhood photographs all marked with the aura of girl who will die young as if even the third grade portrait photographer should have seen it written on her face that this was a girl who would only ever be a girl the bystander the voyeur even the perpetrator they're all off the hook when the girl was born dead on the internet and on TV, they love that. And you, Mr. Block, I suppose it's been convenient for you, too. I literally still have goosebumps. I already know what's going to happen. Oh, it's so good. Okay. First of all, the, the literary device of this entire 450-page book is a letter, a fuck you letter to Mr. Block, right? And how... It makes your body feel when you're like, oh, she's addressing someone. And you, I think, Shannon, I'm burying the lead and you should talk about this more. But in the notes you had written that to you, it felt very much like she was talking to you, like she is talking to the reader.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, yes, I, I did write that in the notes because I think that there I think that there is something that she has done that is that is that complex right where it's like we this is a letter to Mr. Block 100% but also right. there's no way as the reader for you not to like every time she says you for a moment to right. be stunned and be like holy right. shit is she talking totally. to me like i just there were so many times where i was like the, wait, hold on. Am I the? Am I the? Does she want me to think that I'm the killer? Does she? Is she actually talking to Mister Block? Like, she is, or like what? I it was a like, like I was, was disoriented, jarring. but also yeah, yeah. There, like my orientation to the to the book was so was yeah. as complex as the story is, but also as captivating as the story is because the complexity of the story totally. is not buried in the way that she tells it like because she does she is such a storyteller
0: she's such an intentional storyteller too you know there's a lot of meaning she knows what she she has a plan and she's she is executing that plan
1: I do not Um, I do not understand how her brain did this book
0: I I know I know it's amazing obsession I am, I am certain. I mean, yeah. I feel that in Makai so much. I feel kindred with her because you have to have that level of obsession. This no, totally. Really, this episode is actually just obsession. It's all I can I'm obsessed. Obsession. I'm obsessed with obsession. Okay. I mean, I'm obsessed S- with the fragrance obsession by Estee Lauder. <laughs> That's not the name. I don't know. I forget.
1: <laughs> I mean, or something like that.
0: It is something like that. Um, okay. I personally just, I just fuck so hard with the very fucking. I don't even have the right word. Makai addressing call out culture in the way that she did in this book was fucking cool.
1: Um, Man, I think she, that- she just like stays ready to like mm-hmm. excavate. She's just like, oh, yeah, she's like, don't and don't fall asleep on me, folks, because I am here to bring you all the shit.
0: It's a bold move because I feel like we are in this very fucked up time where men are trash. Okay, yeah, men are trash. And we know that. And also the way that we are handling the vast like the way that call outs happen now, the vast way in which they happen the lack the total lack of empathy and understanding that there are varying shades of gray there are varying degrees of fuck-ups and there are there is no redemption and there's no value in um completely ending something or someone especially um And not that Makai gets into this, but I specifically feel very passionately about this when it comes to folks of color, men of color, and um, understanding the temperature of sexism and all of these things that we understand when we're thinking about Me Too, the way in which we grew up as a society and how important it is to be empathetic when we handle these things. I don't have answers necessarily. There are some things that I, I, I think about this stuff a lot. Um, I don't necessarily have answers. I know that we're fucking up and I know that we're not doing it well. And I think that the way that Makai addresses this in in her own fuck up, right? Like, and that's the thing is that there's so much humility to this character. She recognizes, so I specifically have marked page 165. And this is when she, um, you know, her ex-husband has been called out for this behavior that he has uh, done to this woman whose name I forget. Jasmine Wilde. Jasmine, yeah. <clears throat> and as we get to know um, Jerome, her ex husband, um, Bodie's ex husband's name is Jerome. As we get to know him, we realize that he's kind of trash. He's not great to women. I mean, he's not, you know, again, grayscale. There's so so many different right. ways that you can be. He's a not. He's a not like
1: a fucking man. like shit your pants misogynist, but he's no, also. He's Not the definition.
0: I mean, maybe he did, but we don't know. We don't know that his characters raped anybody. Um, Did he participate in toxic male behavior? Yes. Oh,
1: 100. Like
0: all the men. Like all of the men in the world. In the whole world. Ever period. Ever period. Every cis, straight, especially white male has participated in this behavior. And it's just like, not going to get better when we're just trying to be like, "Mm, okay, you did this really shitty thing. It was shitty. We recognize it was shitty. You don't get to exist anymore. You don't get to exist anymore. We're not going to talk to you about it. Your shit's over. Also, we're going to come for your fucking ex-wife, dude. And anything that she says is going to look like her basically just being like a a rape apologist.
1: But like that, that, the way that she handles this story, right? The way that she handles that call out and the way that she puts herself in the crosshairs of the like public's trap in a way that I think is like, she is like, Jerome isn't as shitty as Jasmine is saying. I know because I know him and like, I've built this life, this life with him. And so I'm going to drink a bottle of wine and then I'm going to like Twitter blitz real quick and I'm going to assume that this woman is white and I'm going to assume that she's a fucking idiot and all of this. And she just like put she doubles down right, <laughs> and does this whole thing. But like, I think what Makai could have done is Bodhi either could have ignored the whole thing or Bodhi could have just been a part of the cancel culture. Right. And just been like, fuck you, Jerome, whatever. But instead, she made her complex. And she made it like that, that whole, the whole thing that like, I mean, of course, then Bodhi ended up having to do like way more like emotional labor and all of, you know, the work was on Bodhi. But like, there's so much story to tell there. Like, it's such an important, tiny little subplot. (laughs) that right. somehow know, there's is so many of those that somehow still stuck at the front of our minds after reading a book that where potentially like 10 people could have been the killer. Right. Cause she also does right. that thing.
0: Right. And she uses this as an opportunity also to realize that she is, uh, making exceptions for, uh, Jerome's behavior in terms of an age difference. Right. That is, right. The thing that's being discussed while also really coming to terms with her own shit about Mr. Block and Talia. Um, And it's just, I mean, it's very smart. It was such a, there's so many subplots in this book. There are so many subplots. It's hard. I mean, the way that I want to talk about every single fucking subplot would be just like its own podcast. Um, But she uses those subplots as a way to really flesh out all of these characters and I love that Bodhi is messy in this. Yes. I love that in some so of these I. things that she's talking about, I agree with. And also, she fucked up. Like, and all of those things are true. And and that is the character that Bodhi is. She is not, like, there's no, like, some white savior shit, like you yeah. said, where she could have just been participating in the cancel culture and say, fuck you, Jerome. I don't fuck with him anymore. That's not what she did. She did a human thing. She made Bodhi do a human thing, full of mistakes and also yeah. full of redemption And, um, I think that highlighting just how messy and like, it's just not straightforward, right. It's so, it's so not straightforward. It is so, it's just so tricky. And, uh, I just thought it was really cool that in this already book full of, of all of these great themes, she really came out
1: swinging. There was one more, you know? i I just I cannot get over and I will never get over um the complexity that Makai gives us, but the the absolute like um like butter that she <laughs> yeah all, all just like smears on top of it all like mm-hmm. she is able to she's really able to like, I think take us to a space that is so close to reality because these are, there's so much of what she is excavating in this work is an actual reflection of what so many people are living right now um, or have lived very recently. And she, she is just, um, I don't know. She's a, she is a, a magician. With the words. She's so
0: good. I am so excited to read. I bought like four of her books. I went crazy.
1: Yeah, I actually, I, just... I knew about, so she wrote um, The Great Believers, which won. Yeah. Um, it was, or it was a finalist, a Pulitzer Prize finalist. I mean, she is a prolific writer yes. who uh, who I had actually never spent any time Same. on.
0: I I'd not heard of her before this book.
1: I had heard of the great believers, but I had never I you know never did anything with that. Um Yeah. But I am really grateful was... for for being exposed to her and being able to look out for what she does, you know, in the future because I think that um this is sort of it's like the kind of book that I want to read like once a month, right? Something that gives me yes. a lot yes. to like unpack, it gives me I'm, like, entertained by it and also the, like, um, you know, like, my brain is tickled in absolutely every fucking way imaginable yeah. from entertainment to appreciation for of words and appreciation of, like, storytelling and also we're talking about issues around social justice and and just, like, all of it. Um, all of it. Yeah, it's so,
0: amazing. Um, I... Yeah, she, she does a great job. I want to um we don't have very much time left but oh shit no we so don't. speaking of our brain being tickled by entertainment you know um she made she makai gave us a gift and the gift is that we can enjoy a true crime book while also examining what true crime is and that is yeah just i i've never read a book like this ever um but back to the juicy deeds of the tr- actual true crime I know that you and I spoke before, neither of us had any idea oh, that
1: none, it was gonna none. be Robbie.
0: And I look back now, I'm like, oh, when she when she's talking to Robbie's wife in the story, and, her, and the wife says, I saw this woman's shirt the other day, and it said, It's always the husband, and right. you know, she's all upset. I mean, that's all of these, there's all these little crumbs she's trying little to Easter tell eggs, us, right? Yeah. So I bookmarked the scene. When Bodhi is feeling so guilty because Robbie, good old boy Robbie, and his beautiful wife and their beautiful children show up at the hotel, at the same hotel
1: the as pool. Bodhi.
0: And they're at the pool. And um, she's feeling so worried because she thinks that Robbie might be mad at her because mm-hmm. she made it so that he had to come back. And she reopened all of these things in his life. And yeah. everybody already knows because the photos that there's no way that it was Robbie. Um, And he's talking to Fran at the pool. Page 330. Robbie's voice grew loud, traveled across the pool. He turned in my direction. I know I can't talk to Bodie, he half shouted, but I hope you'll tell her it's good to see her. Thank God. I laughed, shrugged, waved again. He said to the middle of the room, please tell her I think she turned out pretty cool. No hard feelings. Tell her my wife's a big fan. He turned his attention to the younger boy who looked about seven. As Fran walked back to me, he picked the boy up and swung him, a giggling sack of potatoes, into the water. Robbie backed up, ran to the pool edge himself, grabbed his own legs in a cannonball, and flew. I want you to know, here is my book. I literally wrote, I love this scene, I'm
1: crying, (laughs) wet-eyed. And you didn't even know what she was telling I didn't know. you i mean i didn't i didn't know either but I, but it was it is a scene that i believed is like, it oh my god yeah of course because the other thing is that like she the way she has like developed these characters to to where they they it feels like they've become better than they were in so many ways except mm-hmm. you know not all of them but but certainly she is like she is like left this space for where you know that was us then and now we are these like more fully formed you know adults and 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 you just right then you have that moment where it's like all of these people are coming back together like you know this tragedy has has like uh coalesced this like community but what we don't know is that it's actually fucking completely tarnished by a goddamn murderer (laughs)
0: And in retrospect, the thing that she's writing about is the male charm and how it poisons us. White male charm and how it poisons us. And then she poisons us with white male charm. I'm reading it and I'm like, oh. And you are poisoned. Like (laughs) I'm so poisoned. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so literally feeling relief. I'm so glad that Robbie is not mad at both. Right, because we are made to love him. (laughs) We're made yes. to love him. And how good of him to bring his whole family on this little vacation while he has to deal with this thing that makes him so sad because he lost his high school girlfriend. It's so sad. Because he really Holy loves fuck. her. He loves her so much. No. And then, oh, my God, the character of, oh, I can't remember his name, the podcast host. Uh, um. Oh, here, I have it right here. Oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Is it so Dorian? When
1: no, Dorian's no, the bad, Dorian's bad guy. the yeah the um, it's Alder. Alder, yeah. So
0: in you know just as as folks who are constantly fucking up all the time, I did not realize until page three sixty six that Alder was black. I was picturing a young white student at Granby, a young sure. white intelligent. Certainly has oh, ADHD. Yes. Very neurologically atypical. But so fucking charming. So sweet. Right? And 366, um, they're talking about everything. She tells him, I don't want you to get your hopes up. And Alder stood, brushed off his jeans. He said, I'm a black man in America.
1: My hopes aren't up. I and this is the same.
0: The-
1: oh, that moment. So good. I read oh, that. Oh, so fucking good. I read that. Just I was like... Sitting on the edge of my seat, like had to pee so bad, but also like didn't want to get up while I was reading it and read that and was just like, holy fucking shit. This woman, I hate how much I love her.
0: Oh, it's it's so much. I know. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, did you know he was black? Did you or were you like because that is my own bias, my own bias. And I, I as as I've read way more like queer stories, this is something I do a lot less in those romantic situations is it like gender assumption um, and I really try to be conscious of it because sure. we're all born with with that kind of like, you know, racial bias. Yeah, essentially. Um, I don't know.
1: I feel like so. This is this is, it is what it is. But like when I read that, it felt very um, like there was an intensity involved in reading that, but it wasn't like a revelation to me. And I'm not. And I think that probably for me it's because i i actually didn't ass, didn't like assign him an identity which is also yeah. problematic um mm. i was No, i
0: don't know that it is i mean you didn't assign him a race yeah i, I, don't know
1: that I think i think that for me it was like i i guess when i say it's problematic i think there were parts of this book where i was reading people like i was ex- Obviously, like, I was very excited about all of it. But I think that I was also reading certain people as sort of, like, swipe away characters. Like, oh, let me get to the actual, like, meat of the thing. And so Alder oh, was somebody I that, see. like, when she when she gave us that gut punch of knowing that, you know, he is also a black man in America, and his hopes are crushed every day, every time he walks out of his house, I was just like, fuck, I really sort of like, I, I didn't give this person the, the amount of weight that they deserved. Oh, I, I didn't give this I character see. the amount of weight that they deserved.
0: Well, she does that a lot, though. She really buries the lead in this really cool way, like, when she... And then she, you find out that Alder and the other student are, like, dating and, like... Right. You know, they're just kind of... You're, she's just giving you these this information. We find out that she's, like, finally hooking up with Jeff because she's, like... I guess I should also mention that, like, all of this was being said while we were, like, laying naked in bed together. And right. And we're like, like wait, mean, what?
1: Okay. Totally.
0: <laughs> and it's so great. I just, I just... I loved it.
1: I just I like that it feels like at so many times when you're reading it and she she has these like moments of revelation. Really what it feels like is that you're like getting together with a friend that you knew like 10 years ago and you're just like having drinks and you're just like talking about life. And so the assumption is like you discuss your life with this sort of like baseline assumption that somebody has like a framework for you. And right. so you're not, like, necessarily trying to drop any sort of, like, mega bombs on them. But every right. all of these, like, little details of your life become these revelations because yes. you're not intimately involved in that person's life regularly. So it's a yeah. really, really cool way, I think, to, like, to tell <laughs> subplot upon subplot upon subplot and then, like, yeah. give us these little, I don't know, gifts, gifts upon gifts she has given us. Rebecca Mackay, we love you. We love you. Uh, Shannon, nice try or
0: hot fire? I mean, I already know the obvious answer, but we got to ask.
1: It is the hottest fire that we have A read.
0: It is the hottest fire that we have read. I mean, I will say that it didn't move me in the way that We Deserve Monuments did. Like, it didn't. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not like this, like, no, yeah. emotionally imprinting and impactful story that will like live with me forever. Um, But it was so fucking good. It was just a good book. Yeah, it was a good book. It was an entertaining book that also offered meat. It was not just there to be entertaining. I think for me, like if
1: if if you are the book, like the book talk on this is if you are someone who is into literary fiction, true crime, uh, suspense, you know, uh, and really great character development like this is for you right like it is it is a book that i think will captivate the person who likes the throwaway thrillers Yes, because i i love but also the literary fiction which i also love like because there is so much complexity um i agree you don't have to be someone i think even if you're someone who tends to shy away from thrillers or mysteries like i think there's there's still something in this book for you. It's
0: very palatable. And there's nothing like, there's no deep gore or like anything that no. you want to avoid that sometimes happens in, yeah. those, in those kinds of thrillers. Um, Hey friends, thank you so much for coming to our little talk today about Rebecca Mackay's book. I have some questions for you. If you are interested in picking up a copy for yourself, which you should be if you haven't read it and you just listened through this whole entire episode, sounds like you already be liking it. You should definitely buy it. We really recommend going to your local bookstore because fuck Jeff Bezos. And... Um, fuck a white man. Also, fuck a white man, especially that little that little bitch, Robbie, who was out here killing Talia Keith. Fuck you, Robbie. We see you, dude. We see you. We see you when we um, meet you. You can also go to bookshop.org to get a copy of this book. And... Um, we dropped this episode a little bit late. Sorry. We're getting it on Wednesday or Thursday. You know, that's just how life be sometimes. Um, but in just a few days, you get to hear the next book for April, which we won't tell you too much yet, but we will tell you that it is going to be like a nice chaser to the heaviness we love a that we have bestowed upon you over the last couple of months. So um, we'll see you soon.
1: Also, I'm going to say if you. Read and loved. I have some questions for you. Slide into our motherfucking DMs because we want to talk to you, like for reals though.
0: Yes, or any book. You know what? If you listen to some of our old episodes and you're just catching up because you read the books later, you can always revisit any of these episodes. We have lots and lots of. Well, no, we have have four books now. We have four (laughs) books that you can that you can read with us and listen, and we really encourage you to go back if you're just finding us now and uh, you know participate in our in our book party it's a fun place to be for reals though okay bye okay bye brown girl book party yeah